Welcome to Horror Flicks and Music Mix. We're your hosts. I'm Dustin. And I'm Kevin. On this podcast, we discuss horror films and scores with both fans of the genre and professionals of the music and film industry. Our goal with this podcast is to meld our love of horror with our passion for music, hoping to inspire our listeners to appreciate all elements of the art of film. So today, oh, we're covering the best... And the absolute fucking worst. We're um, finally gonna have yeah. a movie that we just are that was so awful. Oh, I can't wait. Both picked by Kevin. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the first one, um, Jigoku, Japanese, you know, J Horror. I'm I'm pretty much like that in Giallo, I'm just obsessed with. So as soon as I saw that was a thing, I'm like, I've always heard about this movie, but I want to check it out. And so I saw it on a list of J-horror films, and I was like, oh, at some point I'll get to this. And who knew? It came out in 1960. It's way ahead of its time, and we'll talk about why. How'd you hear about it? Or was it just because of me? Because <laughs> I just was like, this looks cool. Um, Yeah, I forgot. I was looking at a list mm-hmm. of 1960s movies, mm-hmm. and it was on there, so I just put it on our giant list that we have, and you, you picked it out. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, J-Horror is just so unique, and uh, it's there's so much to talk about. There's going to be a lot of great movies that we go into J-Horror. I'm hoping at some point we just have a J-Horror film, you know, episode where we pick a few or something, but there's so much. Yeah, there's definitely plenty to go. Yeah, but gosh, we're ready to get into it. This is our 1960s Movies Part 4. Hopefully you've stuck (laughs) with us so far. And I've enjoyed the movies we've covered as of now. Um, we're going to be getting into part four. And then after this, we have our final part, ending with a Peter Cushing double feature. Yes. Which anything Peter Cushing does is great. Yes. Like Grandma Tarkin's. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, so uh, since I have a shit ton of notes, do you want to start with the spoiler short free summary and uh, go from there? Yeah. I will... Do the short summary. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, okay. A graduate Mm -hmm. student has a very evil friend. When he and his friend are out driving one night, they hit and kill someone. It sounds like I know what you did last summer. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, They did it first. Mm -hmm. Um, The student and others find themselves at the gates of hell, which is what Jigoku stand for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Jigoku uh, translates into gates of hell. Yep. Gates of hell. And there are some trigger warnings for this. Um, it's there is bonkers. Yeah. Oh, for many reasons. But yeah, the uh, obviously trigger biggest trigger warning is suicide. There's quite a bit of that. And we put um, children in danger or child endangerment, um, even though it is more of a fantastical um, look at the child being in danger. It's still something that would trigger some people, obviously. So wanted to put that out there. But Gosh, there's a lot to cover in this, and I really look forward to delving into it. And if you have a chance to see this, please do. Because, man, because when you get into this movie, so it's Jigoku um, by Nobuo Nakagawa in 1960. Um, this is the same studio that came out with Godzilla. So as uh, a Toho, uh, Godzilla and many other great films at the time. Biggest film studio in Japan from the 50s, 60s and 70s. Um, so yeah, they put a yeah, lot of money I, into this. I recognize when they're, um, <clears throat> whatever you call it, you know, their symbol came up. I was like, oh, like, shit. Yep. same studio. They do a lot. They also did house. 
Yeah. House. House. Yes. Fuck? Oh, dang. If you want to hear uh, us watch House, literally, um, go check out Thoughts and Shots. Our yeah, episode. our boys in Thoughts and Shots have a great video with us on that one. <laughs> and anything they do is great. It's, gosh, it just it's hilarious. Please check it out. So, we have our first intro, and it just gets right into the movie with some lots of cool jazz in this. And then we get cat sounds, screen effects, cleavage, women undressing, and yeah, like you say, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, my note (laughs) says opening credits, what the fuck is going on? It's just like, just jazz is going on. It's Mm -hmm. They're just jamming, and like Mm -hmm. the credits are like coming up kind of like cowboy bebop oh kinda, yeah you know what i mean and mm-hmm. then there's just naked women and all of a sudden you just hear like cats and then women screaming but like everything is so calm on the screen i was like what is happening oh yeah no it's um it throws you off for sure because you don't know what you're in for at that point yeah um and then it just starts we fade into two dead bodies floating in water and we get this narrator saying countless people have sinned on their way to death it's like ooh, all right Talking about how some elude justice, but talks about how those who are not punished in the world are punished in death. That sets the entire tone for the movie, and that is the main plot point, is that those who are not punished in this world will be punished in the next. That's why we have this cast of characters we're about to be introduced to. So we now get a scene. Um, It's forwarding, it's jumping ahead a little bit, because what we're seeing in this scene is actually... Not going to happen until much later. We see a man kneeling down next to a river and we hear this woman singing and we see like in the background, there's this reddish hue. He's got a bluish green tint to him, staring down at his hands. Um, He starts screaming, then disappears. Smoke, cymbal crashes. He flies down into a fiery inferno. I mean, what a great intro. It's like, dang. Um, And now we're at school because, yeah. No need. <laughs> so now, yeah, we go right from that into a professor giving the most boring lecture on the concept of hell and different religions. And this man is um, in the so there's a student in the back who's the main character. Um, we we find out that, you know, he is dating or no, he's engaged to the professor's daughter. So there's that connection there. And he has this friend who is just. The I you know he's like the Fonz but not of being the cool. Fonz. He's the not cool Fonz. Yeah, yeah, he wants to be cool. Yeah, and literally when his friend comes up to him, he just says, "Yeah, the man from last night is dead." Yeah. Like, whoa, what? Just casually, he's like, "Yeah." <clears throat> I love that this movie just like fills in plot points, but you don't get everything until much later. So his friend tells him that his soon-to-be father-in-law, a.k.a. the professor who's giving the lecture, is an awful person who committed war atrocities in World War II. Mm -hmm. Then he has this inner monologue asking about, how did I become friends with Tamura? That happens a lot with this character. His name's Shin, by the way. Um, Then we lights dim and transition to a clock and piano music. And I saw you had a note that all these transitions in this were a bit jarring. Because we go straight from one thing and then to another... The first, I don't even know how long, like the first, I feel like 10, 15 minutes is just like, bam, cut, this scene, cut, next scene, it's like, it's just jumping, but it's slowly piecing everything together. Right. So now we fast forward again in time to, we're now in a home, 
where um, the main character, Shin, is meeting his fiance and they kiss. And they're meeting with Yukiko's parents, the professor, who we just had the class with, and his wife. And they seem to be, you know, in good spirits. And his his shitty friend, Tamura, we find out his name is, comes in. And he gives a, photo, a photograph to the professor that shows him... That shows two soldiers fighting for water. We find out later that that is the professor. Mm-hmm. That is just interesting. And he just starts saying, ah, well, good luck to you on the marriage. Fuck off. And I'm leaving. And so uh, Shiro, or Shiro, I'm sorry, I was calling him Shin. My apologies. Shiro. That's someone else I was thinking of. Shiro then is like, well, wait, I'll come with you. Um, Shiro and Tamura start driving because they're going to go celebrate that now he's going to be hitched. And Tamura just runs over this drunken man in the middle of the street. Yep. (laughs) And he's just bleeding profusely and they keep driving. And Shiro is very upset about this. And Tamura's like, nah, we don't need to worry about it. Just just keep driving on. Just keep driving. Yeah, no worries. It was, you know, it's not not my fault. He was in the road. So now we're about 20 minutes in. What are your thoughts on what's going on so far? I'm still like, what's going on <laughs> by this point? Um, I mean, yeah, even the scene where they hit the guy, it, it just like how it's filmed, how this whole movie is filmed. I don't know if it was because I was watching on my older TV, but mm-hmm. a lot of the background is really dark. Yeah. And like it just focuses on them. So like that scene where he's getting hit, you just see him. It's like a back, a black background and he's just. Ah, yeah. And then just like. Back. just kind of like falls back yeah it's mm-hmm. um how the style was back then mm-hmm. like the acting style and everything especially yeah. in japan you'd see that in a lot of yeah very melodramatic um yeah. even more so than when we watched when we talked about house of usher um for fall of usher but uh this one yeah it's just that that type of acting and approach um we get another inner monologue from uh shiro who's the main character. I'm still what a dumbass. I was calling him Shin in the beginning. But luckily, there's more analysis to go. Um, he has an inner monologue talking about, man, we're, we're murderers for what we just did. Then we transition back to the classroom. So we went from the car. Now we're back in the classroom. The professor's talking to him about going to see Yukiko. And his friend Tamura is standing in front of the class because why not? And we get a scene of two women mourning the loss over the dead man, the guy that they um, ran over the day before or the evening before and the two corners are taking the body away like the transit you're never in a dull moment here it's just boom 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 yeah. boom so there's never like downtime to like process anything it just goes straight from scene to scene to scene some minute some men are asking the women if they saw who did it and they're very upset about what happened um tomorrow then is we switch to tomorrow reading in the newspaper there was a vehicular death um of the drunk man Tamura is not sorrowful. He's like, oh, he got what he got. But Shiro is extremely remorseful. And Tamura believes that, you know, he was just Yakuza scum. Yakuza is the Japanese mafia. We find out later that he had connections to the Japanese mafia. And that's what kind of leads the two women to, well, want to get revenge. Um, we find out that the reason for this is because the, the mom of the guy who got ran over her husband was also killed by a driver. So she wants to avenge his death and find out those who did it. And now we go back to Shiro. So yeah, it's just, we, we've know that Shiro's the main character, but we go back and forth to Shiro and Tamura 
And they're like, yeah, we're fine. Then we need to go to these two women who are just in, in grief and loss. But they're also like, yeah, we're going to fuck these dudes up for doing this. Mm-hmm. Then they go back to Shiro and Tamora. Um, and they're meeting with – and Shiro's meeting with Yukiko and telling him, hey, something's wrong. Look, I got to tell you, uh, I killed a guy. Yeah. The two women in the funeral home say that the, they know the two men that, that killed him and they're going to find them. We go back to Yukiko and Shiro thinking what to do next. And this poor Shiro guy. So they get into this taxi to get away. Um, and as they get into the taxi, the um, the taxi driver crashes into a tree. And Tamura was in the driver's seat for a second which was fascinating. So we started thinking about, okay, is tomorrow real or not? Because he keeps showing up at different times. He will take the place of someone, in this case, the taxi driver. And then all of a sudden, boom, we have this huge accident where the driver's dead. Yukiko is very injured. And basically she's telling him, look, I don't want to die. And unfortunately she does die. And that's just the first 20 minutes that's that's a lot yeah, for poor lot. Shiro to I know it's I could see why some people would be turned off by this movie at this point it's like there's just way too much going on but the when you stick with it it all starts melding together especially near the end when we start seeing his well, Shiro's redemption at trying to get back what he lost mm-hmm. so yeah any thoughts on your end about these like especially these first opening 20 minutes where we have um, this Yakuza guy get ran over and then this guy, um, Shiro's, you know, fiance gets killed and it's just, man, he is in the worst of the worst situations right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only notes I do have is, uh, we, we were already talking about the guy hitting by the car and then yeah. I was talking about the car accident who kills off the fiance. That is also like, it's just melodramatic uh-huh. from what I remember. She's just like, ah, and then dies it's like, right yeah there is a lot going on and it definitely does not stop no i mean it continues because after we find out that she dies the reason how we found out she dies is because we skip forward to shiro you know just absolutely distraught and the professor aka what would have been his father-in-law comes to him and says don't blame him so you know don't blame yourself um shiro tries to go to mrs yajima which is the mother of yukiko and she says, you don't belong here. Please bring her back. What have you done? She's just in mourning and grief. Um, then we transition to a burlesque dancer and some jazz music. Mm-hmm. It, no idea where that's coming from, but we find out why, because the one of the dancers is the sister of the guy that was killed from the car accident. So it's interesting how all of these characters are being pieced together. And some people might see that it's like, it's just... They're just putting all this shit in there. It doesn't make any sense, but it's so art. It's articulated so well, especially when you get to the end. That's why I want to watch it again because everything is pieced together so well. It's kind of like and a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yes, and this I love the camera work in this movie, the cinematography. Like in the two scenes, we're at this burlesque jazz club. We're on. We have this camera that's on the floor looking up, and it it's follows under the, the dancer and everything. Yeah, going to talk to somebody and then goes back. I just, I don't know. I just found that unique because you don't see that in a movie from 1960. A lot of it was wide open pan shots and more like stagecraft shots where you would see like they would be putting on a play or a performance. You don't get this interesting camera work as much in 1960. 
so we get back to um, Shiro was at this club and, you know, he's arguing with his conscience about what has happened, blaming himself. Um, so we find out that the burlesque dancer he was talking to, he sleeps with. All right. Good job, Shiro. Yeah, I, I wrote down. <laughs> oh, yeah. She goes up to him <laughs> and she just introduces herself. She's like, hey, I'm Yoko. I'm like, what? Yoko is trying to get in and, uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, right away, hey, you want to get out of here? Just like no time in between. She just introduces herself and she, hey, you want to get out of here? Mm-hmm. But of course she's plotting. Right. Because we next day we see the woman from the night before Yoko slept with Shiro. And we're obviously finding out like, wait a minute. She is the sister of the guy that was ran over. Mm-hmm. Um, Yoko and her mom are planning on selling the score. So... We, when Shiro brings her home, he arrives, um, he got a note that his father's in critical condition, so he's actually leaving, because they were going to meet up again, and that's when she was going to kill him, mm-hmm. but he's, he didn't show up that night, so when she was looking for him at the dance club again, he's like, oh, shit, he's not here, well. Yeah, she told him to come back, meet yeah. me at nine o'clock or and something that's, like yep, that. And that's when they were going to kill him, but that didn't work out, because he got a note um, that his mother was in critical condition and he had to go back to, um, he had to go back home and we go to the old age home. Um, this poor dude has no luck at all. His mom's not doing well now. Dang. Yeah. Cheryl stops and meets one of the workers and they lead to check in on the mother and right next door, the girl's, this girl's sleeping with another man, it's- a girl named Sachiko. And we find out that that guy is his father. Yeah. So not even next door. It's like. The room over. Right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, the room over. It, it's like... What? It, what? what an asshole. But that's I know, the point. Right? This movie's showing you almost all of these people are very flawed in some way. Yeah. And, I mean, that's pretty fucking flawed. Yeah, my wife's sick next Literally door. Literally sick, dying. Dying, but I got this to... chick on the side. Yeah, what's up? And... Yeah. <laughs> and, and Shiro just has nothing to really say about that. Oh. Um, and we find out that girl's name's Sachiko. Um... It, that that's just interesting so he goes to another room and he's meeting some of the other residents of this old folks home and is this man painting a scene of hell mm-hmm. he sees his father who's talking about how the painter drinks so much he now lives there um and they're all talking about the doctors calling um to check in on the residents it gets confusing here because we just start meeting all these characters at once mm-hmm. and we know some of them will be important most of them won't be yeah. we meet a detective who's there for some fucking reason i never get that we have the doctor we have this you know this drunk painter and his daughter who looks exactly like um shiro's fiance and they make that um connection a few times there's a big reveal later though so hint on that but we get all these different things and now he's like shiro's stepping out and he sees tamura because he and Sachiko are, are are talking, and um, he sees Tamura on the train tracks talking about, um, like, you know, hey, well, what are you doing over here? Sure, asked Tamura to leave and stay away from him. And it's interesting that Tamura keeps showing up in moments of weakness. Mm-hmm. He's also wearing red that represents, like, lust, envy, desire, and consequences. So it's interesting. He shows up at certain times throughout the movie, so obviously by now, I hopefully the audience realizes that he's not real. Yeah. He's just a, it's like a Fight Club type deal. It is like a Fight Club type. Yeah. Spoiler. Oh, Fight oh. 
I hope. Oh, we should edit it's that been, out. It's been a. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been so since it's a while. It's been a while. Years. Anyway, anything to, at this point um, that caught your eye? In these, there, I mean, there's a lot there's just going so on. Much. I I like the painter guy because he's just slowly just, yeah, one flame at a time, just this red paint and just like, and takes the drink, mm-hmm. dips it in, and all these people are like gathering in and meeting everybody's meeting everybody and oh he's just trying to fucking paint he's like come on yeah i think that yeah he's the one that stands out to me right no because like all these other characters are pretty secondary um so and nurse comes to find shiro um telling him her mother's not doing well at all because when he checked in on her in in earlier she was barely responsive all these women (laughs) this is all these women around the old folks' home, workers, keep coming up to be like, please take me back to Tokyo with you. Please, yeah. please, please. They're all surrounding the mother. All these people, all these random people that we've some met, some we haven't met, are are around the mother and now mourning because we find out Shiro um, has now lost his mother. Poor Shiro. His mom, his fiance, his... and a random Yakuza guy just yeah. gone. And we then get these eerie string noises as Sashiko goes outside to cry. And the and I appreciate here, throughout most of the movie, we get this these Buddhist chants um, yeah. and vocal music, which is very cool. A lot of folk music. Um, and we get jazz, we get folk music, we get Buddhist chants. The, the music and score in this, I, this is something I'd buy on vinyl if I could find it. It's just mm. wonderful. Yeah, there's, multi- there's a lot of characters throughout the movie that are singing something yeah. in. Well, it's interesting because, you know, Japan's Shinto as well as Buddhist traditions. So it's interesting that keeps being brought up so regularly throughout the film. Um, Shiro sees Mrs. Yajima and the professor. They're coming to the old folks home, too, because why not? Um, They're they're there. Yukiko's mother sees the Chico and starts bawling because she looks exactly like Yukiko. And, of course, some of you are like, who the fuck's the Chico, Yukiko? So Sachiko. That is the daughter of the old dude painter. Yukiko was the fiance of Shiro who died in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if there was a visual for this podcast, I'd put that on there for and you. The, and yeah, so they look the same. Mm-hmm. Exactly the same. And their names are also pretty similar. Very similar, yeah. And that's probably done purposefully, but yeah. for us Western audiences, it's like the fuck. Anyway. Um so Tamura claims um, we now go to see a man with an eye patch who's talking to the doctor and all these more random people hanging out in the lobby. So we find it's just all these casts of characters that are just like, who, who the fuck's that? Who the fuck's that? Who the fuck's that? Um, Tamura claims the doctor that Shiro's mother died of malpractice. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Tamura, by the way, so we've already established that he's a figment of Shiro's imagination. But the thing is, though, he can interact with others. So we, there is some other outside force here. But every time he comes up, he's blaming people for their inaction or for their, in this case, malpractice or for their sins. So he has some role to play as an interloper between all these characters and awful things that they did. Mm. So what did you think about, like, what do you think, like, Tamora represents I'm, by yeah, this I'm trying part? To, like, I'm trying to pinpoint it down. It, he's kind of like... Not like a bad omen, or not like a 
demon either you know what i mean mm-hmm. he's because he's interacting with everybody and he's mm, i think he's definitely a, um, it's like a he's able to gauge people's um you know past you know past discretions and and sins and hidden desires and lay it out on display because the idea is that look he's you like guys have done these head. awful things hmm? he's like pinhead oh yeah okay i could dig that right. yeah because he um the fact that he lays out everyone's desires and and sins and stuff and that because of that there will be punishment but he's just laying it out because in this world they're not going to be punished so maybe it's an omen, as you said. Maybe it is a bad omen for later on, which obviously in the film it will be for later on. But <laughs> yeah. I really like Tamura as whoever the actor that played Tamura. We'll talk about that later. But he just says he's the best in the entire film. Every time he comes up, I'm like, oh, I was just excited to see what shit he would stir yeah, next. Yeah, what's gonna, what's gonna happen next? Yeah, because um, we find out that Tamura is claiming the doctor that Shiro's mother died of him being a fuck up. Um, all, and then Sachiko's father claims that Shiro's father is cheating on his ailing wife, a.k.a. the painter, was saying, hey, you cheated on my wife. That's going to come into contact later. Um, so basically Shiro's father is a huge piece of shit because he's cheating on everybody. He's, he's yeah. sleeping with everybody. He's not even that good looking. I don't get it. Um, so the doctor, detective, and journalist supposedly are all murderers because their actions led to someone killing themselves. So in, in Japanese culture, if someone kills themselves because of maybe someone wrote something or something like that, that is, that's on them. So that's unique. And uh, yeah, a man runs in and now says, old Tome is dead. So more people are dying now. And now we switch to a festival where all of a sudden these very out of tune horns are playing. We find out this festival is a way for the old folks home to get some um, funding because supposedly now that we know the father is, like the father of Shiro is like he he runs the establishment, but they have this festival every year where people play really shitty horn music, um, and then his Shiro's father and his mistress they are greeting everyone to come on in, and everyone just starts partying down. The old folks are partying down. Isn't like the tenth and the tenth anniversary or something. Yeah, tenth anniversary of the old folks home. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um, we see Yoko and her mother at the river and the mother's singing about death and the killing of Shiro. By the way, if you're like, who the hell's Yoko? And that, so this is the girl whose brother was killed in the beginning from that driving accident. And Yoko slept with Shiro and the second time she was going to kill him. So Yoko and Shiro or Yoko and her mother are nearby and hearing, oh man, so Shiro must be never we're gonna get we're gonna take advantage of this now because now they can actually kill Shiro. Um, Shiro's father seems to be head of the old folks' home. Is fo- more focused on putting together this world festival, and um, the mistress comes in to make sh- um, Sachiko and Shiro talk. Um, we're getting this weird love triangle now, where Shiro's father's mistress kind of wants to have a little fun time with Shiro, yet Shiro is in love with. Um, it's Chico, who looks just like his um, fiance before she died. So it's it's a little confusing, but everyone wants to fuck everybody. That's what we got Pretty so much, far. Yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah. So <laughs> the mistress, co- I know this. It was a lot oh, to write down. Man. There's these notes. I was like, damn, this is going to be a lot. And not as much as Bo's afraid, but 
shit. I'm, I'm going to make it a bit briefer. We're almost there. The mistress comes in and makes Sachiko and Shiro talk um, because she wants them to fall in love. Shiro gets a note from Yoko, a.k.a. his lover from Tokyo, that she wants to meet on the rope bridge. And this is cool. She's walking down the rope bridge. I want to know how they freaking, how do you put up that bridge? You know what I mean? Yeah, that bridge is so long. Like, who put who built that bridge? That's what I want to know. The Japanese people did. I know, but mm-hmm. like, it's amazing. but yeah, no, it's that's a good point. Just over this giant freaking canyon, yeah, like yeah, this much. huge ravine. Um, but yeah, supposedly they're gonna be on the rope bridge, and we follow we follow him walking upside down. She's fully in red. Oh, that red comes up again. Um, Yoko's waiting for her to tell him she knows everything about him. She drops the red umbrella and starts kissing him, telling him he's Kyochi's woman and the man he killed. He's like, mm-hmm. oh no, she pulls out a gun to kill him and he starts apologizing profusely. But before she can kill him, she falls over the bridge and is brutalized by the rocks below. I mean, yeah, just that's, smack, smack. Yeah, it like, shows, dude. It's just, mm-hmm. girl, bam. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit. Then Tamura comes out of nowhere to talk to him, telling him, hey, everything will be fine. Uh, you know, fights away the gun from him and shoots Tamura. And then Tamura falls over the side. So now we're like, okay, Tamura, maybe he's gotten that out of his conscience. Or if he was real, either way, he's mm-hmm. gone now. Yeah. We now transition to a party scene, and the anniversary of the old folks' home is starting off with a bang. The party, the tavern owner is starting to sing, the mistress starts dancing, the professor and the wife come over, and they're all dancing, you know, drunkenly around. It's just a party. It's a bacchanalia. It's just it's chaos. They're trying to find um, the, the mistress, um, a.k.a. Shizo's father, Shiro's father's mistress, they can't find her. Shiro, um, Shiro's father's like, okay, well, I'll kind of go to find her. And they find Shiro and her there. You know, well, he's not trying to do a thing, but she's trying to get with him. So, yeah, again, this love triangle. Now the father's very upset. It's like, my son's trying to take my woman from me. Yeah. The father tells Shiro to keep his mouth shut. Um, and what he does is he tries to wrestle with Shiro and tries to attack the mistress yeah. in a very chaotic scene. Mm-hmm. Then the mistress... Kanuko is her name, falls down the stairs, breaks her neck, and dies. Dead. Jesus. Everyone yeah, everybody's dying. Everybody's, everybody's dying. trying to fuck. Yeah. Like. It, but that's the point. It's like everyone, ex- except for Shiro, really, but almost yeah, every one of them is like awful be human being. Um, the father tells Shiro, don't tell anyone about this, and walks out of the shed. The professor and wife come by, and they're like, hey, we're going home. He's like, yep, see you later. We didn't just kill kill someone so they go back into the home and they're all drinking and all of a sudden we see this this old woman aka the mother of the yakuza guy from the very beginning is giving them all sake but this sake ain't sake it's poison poison um so the mother um she was all like i'm gonna give out kisses too and then yeah Yep, and they're all dying, and Shiro's barely hanging on, and the mother's like, well, I'm just going to take care of this shit a little bit faster. She starts strangling Shiro for killing her son. All the people in the old folks' home are dying next door because they were given bad fish because Shiro's father's like, oh, this fish is rotten, but they can live with it. No, they don't. They all fucking die. Everyone's dead. All the old folks, all the younger folks, eye patch guy, doctor, all dead. Do we... (laughs) It's... There's so much here. Oh, and God. as he's getting strangled, the clock stops at nine, and all of a sudden, death, the darkness fades, shit's getting crazy, and then we get the greenish-blue hue, 
and we have a single woman singing, and now we're in hell. They're in hell. Now this is the these last forty minutes are what make the movie, I think, and what most people uh, think as well. So he's by the river. Um, Shiro is, and you know, just like in the beginning. And he sees Tamura asking what the place is. Tamura says it is the path to hell, the border between life and death, the river Sanzu. By the way, everything about this is in Buddhist tradition. They're, you know, the Buddhist hell. Everything is to the T what you would see in what would be the Tripitaka, a.k.a. the, the Buddhist writing traditions. Hmm. So they followed that to a T. Hmm. Um as well as some Shinto religion stuff, too. He says that both of them are going to hell together. Tamura says there's a baby crying for him. Tamura disappears. And the artwork for the Gate of Hell, the all background stuff, everything about this is just near perfect. Um, we see a reddish figure surrounded by demons. Shiro's now hanging upside down with a fucking stake through his throat. Yeah. Oh. It's like a, yeah, a stake or like a pole or something. Yeah. Just... Like a, like, yeah. So poor Shiro, our main character we've been following this entire time, is is now hanging upside down with this through his throat and it's like this is the dude that had remorse it was all these shitty situations like he doesn't deserve this mm-hmm. but doesn't matter because now we get enma um enma the king of hell and the lord of the eight hells of fire and ice that's a that's a cool ass band name enma why don't i take that <laughs> there actually is a band called enma never mind damn it um he talks about how he will pass sentences on his sins was this cool lighting effect. We see demons in the background. We we have this just red and blue hue. This is and, where the, the jello colors. Yes, come. exactly. We cut to a pile of cairns and stones with ghost children putting together stones for their parents. It's just depressing as hell. Um, Shiro awakens on the plane of stones and asks where the children are coming from or where the child crying is coming from. He sees all these children, but none of them are crying. So he's like, which one's crying? He finds out that he's actually in limbo where children who die before their parents um, reside. Yeah. Ooh. yeah he finds out the girl speaking to him is Yukiko and he goes to her and asking her to forgive him. Um, Shiro finds out that Yukiko was pregnant, a.k.a. that's Yukiko. If you don't remember, that was his fiance. So the fiance was pregnant when she died. That's why he's finding her on the plains of limbo. Now he's more sad that his child is now dead too. God damn. You feel awful for Shiro throughout this. He, she asks Shiro if she can name their child and he names them her, names her Harumi. She talks about how he, she put Harumi on a leaf down the river. Okay. It's like a little Old Testament there. Um, because she couldn't take care of her by herself. Shiro and Yukiko run to try and get her, but it's too late. Damn. Yukiko faints and Shiro runs after Harumi to try to save her. So before we get into these last few scenes here, what is your feeling about their depiction of hell? Like, what what are some things that stuck out to you? Um, I mean, watching it, you obviously have the uh, the Buddhist side and all that mm-hmm. background. I only really know like Dante's Inferno and the the Divine Comedy. No, there's a lot of that too. Yeah, yeah. So some scenes of like what's going on in the background. I recognized Adam reading Inferno. Yeah, like all the uh, all the people who were buried, and it's just their heads. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. All this is awesome. the The effects, the colors. There's a lot going on. And it's poor, probably poor Shiro. I would say it's probably one of the best depictions of hell I've ever seen. This is from 1960. I've seen a lot of movies. I it's really yeah. It's it's just so well done, and it's like. The classic, I don't want to call it classic, but like, you know, based on the writings. Yeah. That's how it's depicted. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I've seen that in any 
the house that uh, Jacob built, or was that Je- movie? House that Jack built. The Je- house that Jack built. Have mm-hmm. you seen that? The end of it. Actually, have not. It shows <laughs> hell in the end of that, but I don't oh, okay. remember. Um, spoiler. Yeah. No, there you go. But yeah, but yeah. Now with this, so with hell, we get these demons chanting an eerie green glow. These people are wandering aimlessly as demons look on. They're all in the background. It's just this is cool to do this. We find the professor and the mother in the line of wandering souls. Those poor two, those two, like they they didn't do anything. Well, the professor did, but whatever. First, talks about how Yukiko's death drove them to madness, and they both killed themselves mm-hmm. right after they left the party. So now Tamura tells the professor that he killed his comrade in war for the last drop of water. That goes way back to the beginning when Tamura showed him that picture. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this, wow, everything about this, like all the actors and actresses in, in this part in particular, we're getting all their stories put together. We get a flashback of him fighting in the war and fighting for water. We have the water disappearing into the sand. Very cool effects. Lots of cool effects throughout this. A demon in a red who opens a gate and tells the soul to drink the water, the cesspool of your foul waste, drink your fill. Brutal as hell. Um, Shiro sees the man was run over and the mother's there strangling him and the water underneath is bubbling. So there's all these souls trying to escape this this cesspool of like, you know, gross water and they're like all struggling to get out. Um, his daughter, he sees his daughter Harumi sailing down as well. And he's running down this line of corpses to go and find her. And he sees the dead Yakuza guy and says, Hey man, I'm sorry about that. My bad. The demon says, You who are dead, this is the first hell. Flesh peeled, bones crushed. Anytime they whimper or make a sound, they were put into a burning cauldron. Damn. Yeah, everything about this is just brutal as shit. Then, then, they start tormenting all the people from that hotel, or hotel, the old folks home. And we get the doctor being sawed into pieces. Yeah. Shit. Oh, then they torture the policeman implicated for a man for committing a crime he didn't commit. They cut off his hands. Shiro's father's being flayed. They show his skin being ripped off. The effects in this for 1960, Jesus. Like, then we see the woman beheaded and the way that they do it, and like her whole like body separate. just separates down. And it's just all this blood and viscera. I'm just like, this is 1960. I have to keep reminding myself that this is fucking fantastic. Um, then we see, um, we keep seeing these depictions of them breaking their teeth. So they'll show their teeth, ah. then they'll see this mallet, a demon with yeah. a mallet come back and then boom. And then we see no teeth and lots of blood. Uh. That's, I don't know why I found that the hardest part. Cause it's like, cause oh. it's teeth. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's, that's why wow. we were just talking about people getting flayed and beheading. So I'm like, yeah. And then you're like the teeth. teeth. I'm like, like oh. no, if they show anything <laughs> about nails, like fingernails, that's my big, no, no. Um, it continues showing them break teeth and then jazz starts playing and we see Shiro's father. <laughs> jazz see, is the devil's music. And the devil music. And devil babish we say. Okay. Shiro's father sees naked women surrounding him, showcasing his lust. And of course the demons are like, you done fucked up. And he says, loving someone all useless now. Ooh. Tamura's, um, AK Tamura's back now. Tamura comes up to Shiro and says, everything that you did is your fault. Not your fathers. And good luck trying to escape. They hear the baby, uh, baby. They they hear the baby <laughs> crying again. Hear that? They hear baby the baby. Crying. They hear the baby crying again. And sure runs away, and Tamura runs into hell. So now we're going into the lake of blood. Those guilty of lust and lechery condemned for immoral conduct. Sure was approached by both women and the father who's trying to make his painting from blood. The burning Dharma wheel, which in Buddhist you know tradition, Dharma is that's 
you're being resurrected. And of course, if you don't get resurrected, you're in this hellish landscape forever. So that sucks for him. Um, he's trying to save Yukiko and Harumi from the burning wheel, which yet again, symbolism, because they're trapped in this cycle forever in this Dharma wheel. And their true Dharma, a.k.a. finding that, that Nirvana, inner peace, is never going to happen until he can save them. But he can't. Mm. Wowza. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. Um, now getting to finally, finally, last 10 minutes. Whew. Shiro starts freaking out and, you know, he can't help his, he can't help them. But then he finds out something even worse. Um, Shiro's trying to get to Sushiko in the field of spikes, but it transitions to both of them in a blank field asking to find their father. Sushiko feels very bad that he didn't meet, they didn't meet sooner. Tamura comes up, is like, hey, uh, you should kiss her. He's one of hell's vermin. Before he can kiss Sushiko, um, Shiro's mother is in hell, comes back, says, hey, um, don't kiss her. That's your sister. No, hey, oh, it's like Joe Dirt. (laughs) Sorry, Joe Dirt. No, you're my sister. No. (laughs) (laughs) So Shiro freaks out, saying that the blood on his hands are cursed. Very Oedipan of him, for sure. The mother says when she went to live with Shiro's father, she was already pregnant. She talks about how she lied to both men. Definitely a morality tale. Like that's. All, all of this is a morality tale. Tamura shows up again and telling Shiro, you must follow me. Sushiko asks why Tamura wants him. He is a demon, he admits. He is a demon. Ah. And the god of death. Mm-hmm. Ah. See, I was going to tell you earlier, but I was like, I'll wait to reveal it. Because he just slides it in there at casually. I, I, I think I missed that. So mm-hmm. I guessed right. No, yeah, yep, yes. you're right. He was a demon. He was because a demon. obviously this is all in subtitles. So it's like, if you, uh, right. Like away for a second. You exactly. So they're telling him, don't go with Tamura. Um, and Tamura starts freaking the fuck out. He tries grabbing his arm. And when we see that, Tamura's now covered in bloody wounds. They break his teeth. And they're torturing him. Um, Shiro tra- mm-hmm. keeps trying to find his daughter, Harumi. And they have ground covered in hands, feet, and the head sprouting from the ground, like you said earlier with Dante's Inferno. Mm-hmm. Very Dante Inferno-ish. Um, Harumi is suspended on the wheel while Tamura's being tortured and Shiro's trying to find his daughter running in slow motion, and this eerie sound's playing. Tamura screams, hell, this is hell. Shiro's trying to find Harumi and get Harumi down from the spinning wheel. It's just the daughter this time, not his um, fiance. Um, and he's having a really tough time trying to get her. And in the meantime, that's happening. This great acapella music's coming. We are finding the Dharma wheels still being put in place. They call it the Bhava Chakra in um, Buddhist tradition. And all of a sudden, we go out of hell, back at the old folks' home. Everyone's dead. Everyone's um, people are hanging. It's just a scene. But then we skip to this other scene where Yuchiko and, and Sachiko are calling for Shiro. And it's, <laughs> it's like, Jason! 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 <laughs> That's what it reminded me of, of anybody for uh, Heavy Rain fans. Yeah. So they are all just, so it's Yuchiko and Sachiko are trying to find Shiro. And we find out why, because they're in heaven and Shiro isn't. The end. So. Man. What'd you think about that? (sighs) I know more (laughs) about it now because I heard you talk about it. That's all I know. I mean, yeah, what's the movies. scene that stuck out for you? I did a shit ton of talking, so I want to hear more from you. What is uh, the scene that stuck out? Scenes that stuck out for you? Scenes or? that stuck out mm-hmm. for me. I didn't even add anything. <laughs> I mean, uh, for me, it was 
those last 40 minutes. I mean, yeah, every all that is the it's pretty crazy. It's chaotic at the end. Um, mm-hmm. Going back to that dude getting hit by the car because it's just how ridiculous it was. Mm-hmm. Him falling backwards. Um, <laughs> see, that's that's what I look for in these movies. But uh, mm-hmm. no, I mean this whole the whole movie. There's a lot going on, and you just gotta <laughs> stay with it, and mm-hmm. you gotta ride it through. It's 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 a it's a ride. That's yes, what, yeah. It certainly is. I mean. It, it is a morality tale. It is a lot of Buddhist and Shinto Japanese traditions. Um, but it's just such a, it's a morality tale and it's such an incredible depiction of hell. I've, I've seen lots of depictions of hell from a lot of movies, whether it's Event Horizon or whether mm-hmm. it's, um, oh gosh, what's another one I'm thinking of? Um, Haksan, which is incredible from 1920s. Well, I, I but this that. one, I just, it was great and the performances from shiro especially like the main character you really feel awful for him throughout the entire film and of course the bad friend aka demon god of death tamura was wonderful because he's just he was playful evil but just every time he's on screen i'm like what's he gonna do next yeah and of course we gotta get into the the special effects wow that's Cause I wonder if I mean yeah most most of it's just practical effects. No wonder it didn't release in the U.S. or outside I mean, of Japan. They would have said fuck that. No. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty crazy for nineteen sixty. That's for sure. Right. Um, I don't know. Cause yeah, everything's like it's kind of cut and edited green screen kind of like where he's falling in the hell. I think mm-hmm. that might be the only part that's really CGI, if you want to call it. Well, yeah, like. I I want to make sure to do a little bit of research on like how they would do stuff like that yeah. where it's it's the play like they have the picture of the fire and then they put the shadow of him falling into yeah. it. Um, you know it's they wouldn't use green screen they wouldn't have had green screen then but they had no yeah there were some other camera tricks that they utilized I bet for that um, I'll have to look that up and I want to watch that documentary on it I I'm doing that right when I get home um, but yeah the you know the fact that we have these very gory effects special effects the flaying the torn apart the teeth getting smashed the hands cut off eyes gouged oh way ahead of its time <laughs> yeah. and no There's wonder it didn't get out of japan until much later and now i want to get right into the soundtrack what do you think about the soundtrack because it was just kind of all over the place we had a lot of the traditional music with some cool jazz and some buddhist chants and i like all the traditional singing that the characters mm-hmm. were doing throughout the movie yeah um I like jazz too, but uh, the authenticity of those characters singing old songs too, probably. I, mm-hmm. I like hearing stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. Um, and especially the songs would kind of go with the plot too. So for Japanese audiences, yeah. that would have meant a lot more to them. We were able to read the subtitles, but for them, it'd be like, you know, when they're in, as children are in limbo, they're t- singing about being in limbo. Yeah. It's a lot more meaningful to Japanese audiences hearing about that being sung than us reading it, which is, you know, still an effect, but not as much as for them, mm-hmm. um, which is pr- quite neat. Yeah. Um, the soundtrack, the person who's on the soundtrack, the, um, you know, the, um, uh, I was gonna say the score designer. That's not what it's called. This composer, uh, Michiaki Watanabe, um, did the soundtrack and score for the movie from the jazz to the acapella Buddhist chants, 
And the sound design, which, you know, for especially for the entire hellscape scene, um, Kihachiro Nakai um, did the sounds throughout the soundscapes through hell and the, you know, breaking of the teeth, the gnashing, the everything. So these two together, just the sound in this was excellent throughout. We also have the main actors, um, Shiro Shimizu, played by Shigeru Amachi, uh, Shigeru Amachi. Um, Utaku Mitsuya plays Yukiko and Sachiko. Mm-hmm. Um, Yoshi Numata plays Tamura, and man, I need to watch more of stuff that he's in. And lastly, Hiroshi Hayashi Gozo Shimizu, um, which is the father of Shiro. I guess I never said the father's name. There you go. It's Gozo. Um, the crew... There was there was a lot with um, the art direction Haru Haruyasu Kurosawa, um, not related to Kurosawa that were like oh Kurosawa that should, no not that guy they're not related and the cinematography was done by Mamuro Morita and edited by Toshio Goto, um, so really cool. So what about the director Nobuo Nakagawa? Um, did you know any of his other stuff before that? Or? Um, I don't think so. I, mm-hmm. I gotta look into what else he's done, but it says here he made movies from 1934 all the way to 1982, mm-hmm. two years before his death in 84. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah. His first film um, in 1934, which this is before World War II, so this is very early Japanese film where yeah. it was a lot more um rigidly defined in what they could do and what they couldn't do because of the um, the, the imperialism yeah um his first film was Yumiya Hachiman Ken it's a romantic drama he did a lot of romantic dramas i you know a lot of them you can't find a lot of them some of them are on youtube but there's a lot i mean like 50 of these suckers a lot of romantic dramas and period dramas too um from the period he would become famous, though, for Jingoku and his collection of Kaidan, or female spirit films, and that would be later in his career. But Jingoku's mm-hmm. the one that stuck out so much so that Criterion's like, yeah, let's get that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, most of his success was seen in Japan. Um, so, like, for example, um, Jingoku um, got high ratings. We'll talk about that in a bit. But his other movies are anywhere from 25% to 60 to 70 so it's just kind of wherever and mostly known for japanese folktale horror films and very sappy romance dramas mm-hmm. yeah so to end this and to finally get into the shittiest movie ever made um nah not the shittiest it's up there um the movie was released july 30th 1960 it's from japan and the alternate title was either hell or the sinners of hell um the there was no critic score, but yeah, the so audience I'm score. To, I'm trying to look here. Yep, yeah, there's, there's no, no critic score. score. I know. How's it going to be a Criterion Collection film and it doesn't have a exactly. critic score? Exactly. What? I'd give it a thousand percent, though. What? So there you go. That's my, I'm the critic here. Thousand percent from fucking <laughs> tomatoes. Um, an audience that's 65%, which is way too damn low, but that's oh. just me. You can watch it in the Criterion Collection. Are they also. That um, was the only thing. That's the only thing. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to look it up anywhere else, and it was only on that cha- the mm-hmm. Criterion channel. I was like, hey, can I use your account? So thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, so here we go. Kill it. Watch it. Buy it. For you. I say watch this movie because it's batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. I say buy the shit out of it. Buy the shit I am out. buying the Criterion Collection. If there's an anniversary edition with 
40 more hours of background. Buy it. Buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it. There might be. Let's see. I hope so, because, yeah. Yeah, that was a lot. I appreciate you guys strapping in for that. That's There's a lot to this film, but the next one, <laughs> very different. It is the opposite end of what we've just been talking about. So strap yourselves in for some horror and spiders, but not much horror and definitely not much oh, spiders. Okay. There is a uh, oh, Blu-ray oh, yes. of Jigoku oh. that you could purchase. Uh, ooh, oh, a DVD that. too. Oh, okay. Well... That's, I know I'm getting that. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit. It looks like it's um. It's a little bit more on the rare side, but yeah, you can find it. You mm-hmm. can watch it. Get it. Buy it. Cherish it. Love Get it. it. Mm-hmm. Buy it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh. Yeah. So we're gonna go. Ahead. We're fucking. <laughs> we're gonna get into horrors of spider island i'm gonna take this one over because uh i talk too much yeah well no break. you <clears throat> i i definitely want you to take oh because you had all that knowledge that background knowledge that is why I'm look like, at what i wrote <laughs> tubs jesus the dutch <laughs> we'll get to that but, uh, let's see um let me let me see Mm-hmm. Do a little pause. Pause. I'm not going to pause it though. I'm just going to freaking. Brought to you by Health A Kombucha. This episode was brought to you by. Can you even say Mountain Dew and Kombucha? No. <laughs> They're going to be like, hey. Mountain Dew and Kombucha. Mm. <laughs> Health drink and. Horrors of Spider Island. God, this movie was so bad. <laughs> health, tra- <laughs> health drinking horrors <laughs> horrors of spider island what up horrors too sometimes. <laughs> can you make a horse drink water uh, that sounds like a philosophical question what oh my fuck. we should keep this on here and be like what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, how are, how long are we so far? By the way, I thought I, mean, I I'm sorry. I thought that was a long one, but no, that's just. I think we're actually pretty on point. Okay, where we usually are, like an hour twenty, hour thirty. I'd like to keep all of our episodes around that. I mean, we've been talking for like five minutes. That was that's a little bit longer. We usually get to 40, 45 minutes. That was fifty. Ooh, okay. Um, well, then yeah, this one won't take as long because it's no, it shitty. Really fucking long. And there's not much I want to talk about except for how it, shitty it is. Like. Zero percent. Zero percent. Really? Dang. Oh, I guess I didn't look. Um, did we get all that? I didn't. I don't know if I got the percentage and stuff for. Oh, don't worry. I put it on there. <laughs> it's hot in paradise. I love that. That's the original title with this. <laughs> yeah. With the- <laughs> <laughs> they kept the porno name. <laughs> Golly. They, okay. <laughs> yeah, they kept it. <laughs> it's hot in paradise. Oh, boy. Okay. We are going to get into <laughs> Horrors of Spider Island by Fritz. Oh, no. Fritz Botter? Fritz Botker. Or Jamie Nolan. Why they change his name? Who the fuck knows? Yeah, so this was originally a film from Germany, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... <laughs> And then it fucking came over to you. Yeah, Jamie Nolan. Like what? And, yeah, it says Who right the here. Who Jamie on the Nolan? That's his miss. That's his American name. Um, 
Kevin, how did we hear about this? Oh, I picked it randomly. I was like, I just the love list. the name of this. And I need to horrors of spider Island. Like you hear that and you're like, Oh, this is either going to be really bad or so bad. It's good. Nah, it's, it's bad. just, it's just really bad. Um, yeah, I thought I would be in for a B horror treat. Mm. I could do this short summer this time. And then you That's, take over. Yeah. I'll, I'll just pitch in here and there. Um, <laughs> Oh boy, I wrote this spoiler-free short summary. Trigger warnings are just how bad it is, but we'll get to that. Um, six women are hired by the most alpha male director in all of L.A., I guess. He hires them to become a dance troupe in Singapore for some reason. No definition. No yeah, they're like, we're going to Singapore. Yeah, because why not? As they're flying, the plane crashes and they're stranded on an island hoping to get help. When the director, Gary, is hugged by a spider puppet, he becomes Spider-Man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I I refer to him as Spider-Man in this. <laughs> I don't know why I wrote that. He's hugged by a spider puppet. He becomes Spider-Man. Shows up in only eight minutes of the hour and 20 film to reap terror on one or two of the girls and a random dude just living his best life. There's your short summary. <laughs> oh, he gets more than two. Spoiler. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so trigger warnings, uh, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's exploitation film, and since it was originally penned to be a well, like X-rated. a softcore porn film, the women are treated pretty shittily, and there's quite a bit of, yeah, like this misogyny throughout. I mean, yes, it's 1960s, so it's like, it was unfortunately the norm, but it's just a little upping the ante in this one. So just prepare yourself for that. Yeah. All right, we're gonna. I'm gonna get in it. All right, good luck. I'm gonna get in mm-hmm. it. Okay, so the movie starts out with the title, the original title card. It's hot in paradise in front of a generic drawn spider web. Like that's it, the title card, and then the cast credits roll over with some classical jazzy music. Uh, more, more jazz music goes on as it cuts to the city, while a car rolls up to a building. Inside, there's a group of women who seem to be waiting to audition for something. Uh, they're talking about going to Singapore. One woman asks for a light, and the other woman points to a no smoking sign. The lady who wants the light, who wants a light, then takes it down and lights up her cigarette. Yeah, she's the badass. She's in the like, truth. Ah, I'll just take this sign down. Uh, the Boston shows up, and they let the girls in one, <laughs> one at a time to audition for a dancing troupe in Singapore. Question mark? Question mark? Question? Because I'm hold just like, on. why? Yeah, exactly. Why to the dubs? I'm just throughout this. I'm just going to say the dubs, the voices for this are so fucking awful. Yeah. Like a, when she's like, over. he's like, I'd like to see your legs. She's like, oh, I wouldn't mind. It's a, everything. Yeah. The dubs. Could they find someone with at least a little bit of conviction in this? These great roles they have. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, continue. <laughs> uh, smokes over a cigarette. Um, the Boston shows up and they let the girls in one at a time to audition. And I wrote through the auditions too. I said, wow. The first woman's interview, they ask if she's a dancer. They ask her name and they were, let me see your legs. She's <laughs> hired. Okay. <laughs> don't, did we know that? The second woman doesn't dance. So she got cut. She's like, oh, I don't dance. Yeah, you're out. The third woman. Gets hired, but is told to not have any affairs. She said, I've had all the boys I can take. I was like, what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> like, yeah, the dialogue. It's okay. Um, well, I guess it, that makes more sense because of what it was supposed to be. Okay, I've had all Okay, 
the fourth woman comes in and actually dances. So we're four four auditions in, and the fourth one actually dances. But let me pause for a second, please, sir. Yeah. The horrors of Spider Island and the first 15 minutes are women. Some of them we'll never fucking see again. Dan- I'm yelling into the mic. I don't give a shit. Dancing. <laughs> and this guy is putting his feet up like he's a, a dumbass. But this ballet dancer comes in. She doesn't make it. But the girl that shows legs does like it's like what yeah. kind of company is this? Yes, that's why I wrote out each. Audition. Yeah, no, you go for like, it. Sorry, I'll just no, once in a while yell in the mic and what you think. <laughs> God, this movie. Damn it. God. That's what. Yeah, that's why I wrote it. Is what the fuck? Like they're not even asking each person the same question. You know what I mean? Um, let's see. Yeah, so the fourth woman comes in. She actually dances. The other woman, they just get asked if they can dance, hmm. and they get the freaking part. Uh, she spins around the office like a ballerina, and they're like, oh, sorry, ballet's not what we're really looking for. Mm-hmm. So she gets cut. The next two women come in as a duo. They say they don't split up and don't mind working with other girls. Boom, hired. No freaking legs. No can you dance. What? Like, what? Uh... Okay. They get hired, yeah, no questions asked. The next woman comes in, and she's a stripper. She asks if they want her to dance, but it's not necessary because <laughs> she's hired because she's a stripper. Right, it's like, oh, it's oh, like, oh right. my God. And yeah, that's, yeah off she goes. Uh, the, next, the next one comes in, and then that's the end of the auditions. The boss explains. Um, so there's like two guys there. There's the boss and like his assistant, uh, Georgia, and some other guy. I forgot what the other guy's name is. And the boss, the boss is Gary, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, the oh my. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, the one guy asked, "Oh, how do you know if they're hired or if they're not? You didn't really say anything." And he's like, "Oh, I don't have to say anything. I, um, Georgia, his assistant, knows." That it's a yes if he crosses his legs, and it's a no if he keeps his legs separated. So he's just sitting in the chair watching all these auditions happening. He's like, no or yes by whichever way he puts his legs. Also, did this happen in your version? When I watched this, they randomly started speaking German for like two minutes. And then... No. Okay, so maybe it's just my version. What you When I watched it on Tubi, they would randomly talk... In German for a few minutes. No, this is on Dark Matter TV. So you got the version where they're English dubbed the entire time. It was English, yeah. I did. So I my did. notes are like, now they're speaking German, because why the fuck not? There's literally eight minutes where they speak German in near the end of the film for me. So I, Oh, wow. Yeah. So I guess, wow. never mind. So it depends on what you want. I, I will leave one. that part out of my analysis then, because if that's not for you, then okay. That's funny. <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, so, yeah, the next scene is the flight after all the auditions. Uh, they, it cuts to the plane. After a minute, it cuts to the plane crashing, just going straight down, coming over the radio. They're going, mayday, mayday. It uh, shows the plane crashing into um, the ocean. On well, fire, too. Yeah, it's like on fire, everything. Everybody's screaming. And then the next scene, it shows everybody, they're chilling on like a raft. They're all okay. And they, and they Yeah, they're all okay. And <sighs> But it's been four days, so it's like, the, oh, okay. 
um they're complaining you know they're thirsty and hungry as you should be Mm -hmm. it's been four days they see a bird and hope that there's land nearby then all of a sudden they see the island and start paddling towards it after arriving they all basically pass out on the shore um (laughs) i got water water shouts gary because he finds like a little uh mini yeah and see in my version it was vasa vasa really vasa (laughs) That's, I, I, I literally have water. Yeah. Well, what I find, so this black Gary Blackwood guy is a douche. He's yeah. like hitting them when they try to get water. He's carrying them around. He's the alpha male. So he's got to look, he puffs out his chest and keeps his pants way up to his belly button. You yeah. know, that's, that's the physique of a, of a late fifties, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um, and it's just every scene is too damn long that we have the dancing took too long. Now they're they're all just walking around. The women are like, oh, my hot, my hot heels. Oh, my shoes. Like, OK, come on. And then we find water and now we're getting somewhere. But that's it's been like 20 ish minutes already. Nothing's happening except for dancing. And now they're lost in that water. Wow. Uh, yeah. So after finding the water, um, they all like go bathe in it and drink it and. Then they just chill out for a little bit. Um, I wrote, God, some of this dialogue is bad. Yes. Ouch, my shoe. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, did you hurt your shoe? Oh, yeah, look I what I found. <laughs> it, Gary, look what I just found. A hammer. <laughs> as, they, as they walk around the islands, uh, the island's jungle searching for something, they end up coming across a cabin. Um, they open a door and a... Oh, yeah, they open the door and the dude's just like chilling there up in this giant spider web. He's just like hanging up in there. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then it sh- like cuts to the freaking jungle and then it like pans and pans and then you see the spider. And I said, the spider with the mad face. Because he gets this little angry face. It's like a puppet spider. I just put the spider puppet and a smiley face crying on my notes. No, um, also, did you notice they dubbed slurping when they were getting water? They decided, hey, we need to make sure people know they're actually drinking water. They <laughs> with dubbing. I didn't. Like, what? I didn't notice that. Oh, <laughs> and my gosh. It's just silly. It's just so silly. And then <laughs> Blackmore is the most annoying mansplainer ever. We need to find this. Ah, he said, ah, here's a hammer. We can use this for that. Oh. There's this man in a in a web must stay together and then all the <laughs> anyway golly <laughs> so uh, they get rid of the body and end up staying in the cabin and get some food uh, Gary and Georgia are taking inventory on everything in the cabin while two of the women fight over a shirt they then start settling <laughs> in for the night that's this is just what is happening um, <laughs> This movie has softcore, softcore triple X flicks vibes with lots of which checks jazz. out with our background notes that we will get to. Um, mm-hmm. They take turns taking showers and everyone's laying on the deck like, quote unquote, acting hot. They're all like just in their underwear and this and that because, um, you know, they're on a hot jungle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hot in paradise, you know. <laughs> one of them, sta- one of the women just starts making out with Gary and Georgia comes out and yells at him. And then she, dude, she just bam, bam, slaps this lady twice. Mm-hmm. Gary says, it's this heat. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> it's like, yeah, right, dude. You're the only guy here with a bunch of, yeah, okay. Um, 
Gary goes on a walk, a storm starts to approach, and then there's a bunch of funny-looking spiders. One then attacks him, he throws it down and shoots it, but it's too late, he got bit, and now he's Spider-Man. <laughs> the storm yeah. gets worse, and the awning on the cabin's uh, front collapses. It cuts to the next morning, and everybody's fixing up the awning and cleaning up the mess from the storm. They go and look for Gary. Gary. He has some crazy werewolf-type spider makeup going on now. Um, which I noticed in a scene later on, uh, where he's chasing, uh, chasing after somebody, when it shows the camera to his back, he doesn't have the makeup on, uh-huh. you can yep. barely see the side of his face. So every time they show this spider, Spider-Man makeup, face. Mm-hmm. it's always just like he's front and center. And it's just showing, like, his chest up. It's like a portrait photo. Even better. They reuse the same three shots of him in most of that, most of the scenes it, until near the end. Honestly, that makes sense because it's... Because it's you, like, it's, it's notice when they do it, it's like him coming out like this. Then yeah. they do it uh, when he's chasing her. He's going like this. It's They just reuse the shots. They did. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, they're, they are the same. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Um, uh, so yeah, he kills Linda since she's alone and I only knew her name because they said it like, right. Oh, he, Linda's dead. Like they don't introduce themselves or anything. No. Um, she's been, she's been strangled by a spider. Did I just hear that correctly? I'm pretty sure that somebody says that. Yeah. Like, how did you fucking know? How do you strangled by a spider? Oh yeah. This, this looks like a spider strangling to me. If you, <laughs> <laughs> no, she was like, oh, strangled by a spider. I'm like, how did you know yeah. that? Um, they start fighting and freaking out. Two of them wrestle for quite a while until they see the hands of Spider-Man coming through the window. Oh, wait, you forgot. Well, hold on. What did I forget? Hold on there. Maybe we, we watched, watched different versions. Did that happen when they were wrestling? No. We have two different versions of the fucking film. <laughs> I saw the naughty version. Yeah. You, you said that there was um, boobs in it. And yes, a lot. There was not in this uh, version that is currently on my TV. So that must and you mean... you had a German in yours. Okay, so... Wow. The Tubi version... Okay, so wow, we have to completely redo this episode. Okay. The Tubi version... No, that is- just proves how much they did not care about this movie. They, there's multiple <laughs> versions. So yours is Dark Matter version. Dark Matter TV, yes. Yeah. So that is the PG, like the GPG version. I watched yeah, the there X-rated no, version. There is nothing. Because there's something, for example, the random German. Now that makes sense. But when those women were wrestling. Nope. One of them just tears her shirt off and we see boobies. Nope. But yeah, they're just there for like a whole minute and a half. I'm like, oh, hey. And nope. what's and that's why I got maybe... Yeah, because the random German and the dubs were the dubs. Jesus, like so awful. I mean, no, the dubs in this is bad. Bad too. Okay, they're yeah. probably about the same. That's well, man, I will let you know. I'll jump in when some stuff is different. <laughs> this will be fun. Yeah, here, here we go. go. That's yeah, fun. so you missed boobs uh, on, on yours. That's unfortunate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they wrestle for a while, and then they see the hands of Spider-Man come through the window. Uh, a couple of men end up landing on the island. One of them only thinks about whiskey and women. He's like, oh, I don't care He's about whiskey scummy and women. Dudes. Again, yeah, all this is just how this movie is. Like, this is not how we are. We're talking about this movie. Oh, don't, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but one of them 
One of the men goes and looks around while the other one stays with the boat. He then hears a group of women shouting and conversing. Uh, he goes over to look, and they're all swimming. Another one of them gets murdered. And are for you, were they swimming? Did you see anything when they were swimming? No, but you could tell that they weren't wearing anything, but there's nothing. Yeah, it doesn't show. Oh, no, they... So on my version, it they maybe they stayed on that scene a bit longer because I saw it quite a bit. Wow. Not a lot, a lot, but I was like, oh! United States is like, no. <laughs> no. Not allowed. And uh, Germans were like, yeah! <laughs> fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, he looks over, uh, they're swimming, and then another one of them gets murdered. I love that. They're like, oh, one of our friends was killed. We can't find Gary. Let's go nude swimming. Let's go skinny dipping. Yeah. Why not? But remember, guys, I didn't think there's no that. point to this movie. It's it's there's it's not, not about that. There's, there's no plot points. Not necessary. Nothing <laughs> is really. Yeah. Um, another one of them gets murdered. The rest of them go around looking for clues and they find a dead spider. I think it was the one that uh, Gary shot up. Mm-hmm. Um, they also come across one of the men who just landed on the island and hold them by gunpoint. As they start asking questions. The other men then shows up and everything unfolds. They're like, oh, uh, you must be the gr- the group of missing dancers that we hear all, all over the news. And all mm-hmm. of them are just like, oh, we're on the news. and Yeah. yeah. Um, they then tell the ladies that their ship will be back around to pick them up. Uh, they end up making radio contact and then they'll get picked up the next day. So it's time to party. They want to throw a party because they're getting picked up the next day. There's a very funny line here. When they ask about how they they ask about the professor, and one of the girls is like, <laughs> she says, "Well, he was a a researching researcher." I think I heard that too. <laughs> I'm I like, what I the just... fuck does that mean? A researching researcher. <laughs> uh, well, he researches oh. research. Oh yeah, okay. I mean, that's, that's an important know. job. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's time to party. They dance the night away. It's a whole party scene. They're swing dancing and everything. Um, the, the guys are wearing no shirts. They're ju- wearing just the pants and uh, bandanas wrapped around their necks. I mm-hmm. said, kind of, kind of looks like an ascot. Just think Fred from Scooby Doo, <laughs> just no shirt. Yeah, that's literally what these guys are wearing. Yeah. Um, Bobby takes turns going from one woman to the next. All of them want him, and he wants all of them. He finally picks one, though, and goes inside with her for uh, for another drink, or after another drink. She then asks him if the papers will print their story, um, you know, the, about mm-hmm. the whole wreck and everything. And he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're, like, you're going to be famous all over. And then Joe comes in, and he's like, let's fight. Like they just start fighting with the whole Bob, yeah. Bob and Joe. They like, well, they're okay. So no, he, Joe doesn't just come in. Like they just have a he has a conversation with the lady about yeah the newspapers will print your story and this and that and then that was the conversation and then he comes back out has another drink with Joe and then uh, you you want to say something? <laughs> um. So in my version, oh. all, remember the party. Yeah, there is like twenty extra minutes on the party for me. I think because a what? lot happens. So yeah, Joe, uh, one of the dudes. I don't fucking know the names, and no one cares. It's Bob and Joe. Bob and Joe. It's yeah. Li- yeah. yeah. They're you know one of them's um, flirting with the girl from Minneapolis, and the other one is making out with everybody, and they're all partying in their bikinis. And one of them's like, "Hey, Joe or Bob, whichever one, watch this." Takes her top off, and for literally five minutes, just dances topless. What? Five minutes. 
And I'm like, whoa, oops. But yeah, um, and they're all dancing to this music. Where is it coming from? There's no radio. Are, do they have instruments? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't matter, of course. I have to keep oh reminding my myself. <laughs> I have to keep reminding myself there's no rhyme nor reason for this. Just, oh it, just enjoy, I guess. But yeah, no. What? The, so the girl, she's dancing topless for five minutes. My TV's frozen, Uh-oh. too. Well, they because they're like, this movie sucks, too. Oh and then um, the girl plays Babs, Barbara Valentine. Um, he starts making out with her, and she's about to undress. And then that's when Joe comes in and says, hey, we're going to fight. So. What? Fuck. Yeah. You got to uh, watch the Tubi version, everybody. Tubi. You get the good stuff. Like random German voice acting and yeah. boobs. Wow. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they fight because <laughs> they've been drinking. And they just scrap for a bit, and then they end up laughing and stopping. I said, what is this, Fight Club? That is two Fight Club references in this episode accidentally. Yep. Coincidentally. No. Oh, I'll be quiet. Maybe. I don't know. Um, just like in Gondor, Lord of the Rings. No, I'm kidding. This, this, I can't what? relate this to that. You know? He just wanted to say Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, because uh, th- this movie is almost over in, in my notes. Uh, Bob says he's got to run. He has a date and leaves. Gladys follows him, then finds him dead and gets attacked by Spider-Man. Spider-Man chases Gladys while some upbeat jazz music plays. Um, yeah, so what is the monster doing during all of this? Is he just hanging in the background like, just hang- like jamming? Uh, yeah, just watching. He's like, <laughs> oh, wow. Um, she yeah, then starts climbing up like this rock wall like this cliff or something mm-hmm. like that uh trying to get away from i uh, call them the monster I'm trying to get away from the monster can't call him spider-man all the time uh oh, the rest of the the rest of the group catches up joe shoots at spider-man but the gun's mm-hmm. not working so he's like fuck i gotta go grab more ammo and so he runs back to grab more ammo i don't understand maybe it was yeah if the gun's not working, what is more ammo going to do? Or was it like... Or maybe it was out of ammo. Or they needed ammo. ammo. Yeah. Um, okay. Once Gladys reaches the top of the cliff, Spider-Man's waiting there because, you know, he's Spider-Man. He could just <laughs> run to the top. Uh, he is waiting there for her. And right when she, like, climbs up and stands up, he's just standing there. And she just screams and falls off the fucking cliff. Um, yep. Joe fights off. Joe comes back. Wait. Yeah, Joe comes back, and then he fights off the monster. He doesn't even try shooting him. Um, he fights the monster off a bit, and then he makes his way back to the cabin. Gary, the spider, also heads there, where Joe fights him again. He gets choked out. Jo- uh, he starts choking Joe out, but Georgia lights a torch that scares the monster. And then they all get torches and go We can only him. destroy him with fire. Yeah, Joe literally says that. We could only kill it with fire. And I said, like every other movie from the 50s and 60s. We've talked about this in House of Usher. We talked about, it like, oh, fire, fire, you know. Um, mm-hmm. They chase him out into the jungle where he gets trapped in quicksand. And then he sinks to his death just over a minute left of runtime. It then shows the boat leaving the island. Cute jazz music. The Such end across the string. Mm-hmm. And then... It says, song ends, I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, oh, scenes that stick out, I said the cute little mad <laughs> spiders because I didn't watch the same version as you, I guess. Don't worry. It's, I mean, yeah, you know. 
a little bit of you you wrote no for everything you seem to stick out <laughs> sorry no. performances no, no. <laughs> i was like no the spider puppets oh uh, yeah and the monster makeup i guess was okay i guess i could put that under the, but oh it's i guess yeah i mean i don't know really. it's like they well again they tried changing this movie so they just probably slapped that makeup right together and filmed the freaking three shots of it and reused it throughout that that's a good point that's a good point i was just like it was like eh, it was shitty but not that shitty compared to everything else in the movie um but everything else i said performance no overall feeling pretty bad and soundtrack was done by carl betts and willie matts sultry jazz if you like sultry jazz you're gonna love this movie sultry jazz all the time and they use the same jazz theme on loop for half the movie the same jazz theme, and it's like two minutes. Constant. Uh, yeah. Not good. Gunther Block did the sound design, whatever that was. Uh, we got Harold Moresh playing Joe, Helga Frank playing Georgia, Alexander Darcy playing Gary, and Barbara Valentine's in it, which I guess was a big name in Germany. Um, that's what I looked up. She was in a few other films of, uh, you know, I would say like, she was, I don't want to say like in our day and age she was a porn star because that's not what it's, but she was known for risque photos and burlesque and stuff like that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, the crew, George Kraus did the cinematography, whatever. Yeah. And Heidi Ganey did the editing. The makeup monster design was done by Ermgard Farster and Carl Hanasek. I don't, yeah. This dude's name is Ermgard. 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 That's what I feel like what? with this movie. Ermgard. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Fritz Botker, um, as the director, yeah. or if you want to call him by his other name, Jamie, no, whatever. Um, Fritz Botker started <laughs> off as a German actor in 1939 with Escape in the Dark. He didn't start writing until 1950, be, you know, starting with Orlip, Orplid. Orplid Mystery in 1950, Bachelor Trap in 1953, The Green Meadow in 1953, and The Horrors of Spider Island in 1960. He was mostly an actor, and these are his only four films that he wrote. Good God. Uh, most of his movies seem to be about like period peace dramas and romantic comedies. Uh, romantic comedies seem to be the way they go. Yeah. Um, so Horrors of Spider Island sticks out because it's none of those it's things. That's what it is. It... Um, he was on some other drama, German drama shows, but Tours of Spider Island seems to be one of the very few films that released outside of Germany, and even then, it's not even the same movie as you've listened to us today. Two completely separate movies. Um, released in Germany, in this case, West Germany. The alternative name for the movie, ready? Well, obviously, it's Hot in Paradise, or mm -hmm. Ein Totterhing im Netz or Horror on the Spider Island. It was supposed to be an adults-only X-rated film, but they changed it to match a quote-unquote sci-fi tone. Um, the news scenes that I saw in mine were cut out of yours, and that was the American version. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. No budget available. No, no box, box office available. Nobody's and seen this. Nobody's seen this. Actually, I saw that um, when I looked this movie up, it mm -hmm. popped up on Alamo Draft House, so some Alamo somewhere mm -hmm. is playing this movie that's unfortunate it is. <laughs> yeah. i wonder which version 
I, well, I know. I wonder. It's, yeah. yeah. We'll def- um, yep. There's no critic score, but a whopping 20% for the audience score. And <laughs> Kevin gives it a negative 20. I hate it every second of this. Uh, you can uh, watch it on Tubi, and you can watch a different version on Dark Matter. You can probably watch a different version on Plex. Yeah. They're all free. And, and Mystery Science Theater. You remember yeah. Mystery Science Theater? Uh, they yeah. did something about this. No, well, I did see uh, there are also a there is also a Mystery Science Theater version of the film. So you could just um yeah, watch that oh, version. Probably just that show. watch that version, honestly. Yeah. Or you could waste your money on Amazon. <laughs> uh, so rating system. <laughs> <laughs> I say take this movie to the top of a skyscraper in New York City. Let it get in a few punches. And then hit it so fucking hard its head flies down into the alleyway below. Kill it. Don't watch it. It's not worth a second of your time. Maybe <laughs> if you really like bad movies, but then just watch the Mystery Science Theater version. Or it just, it's, oh, how about you? <laughs> yeah, kill it. Kill it. The only way to kill it is with fire. Oh, oh yeah, good point. Because they couldn't find the bullets. Whew. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well that would be it for this week uh thanks for listening to this episode mm-hmm. um if you enjoyed this episode or any of our other episodes give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts that would be great it will get us in front of more people um you know algorithms and all that good yeah, jazz kevin give us a like on facebook we have a facebook page now and it's it's been hopping lately. I'm appreciative of that, guys. Yeah. So thank you. Our Instagram has not been hopping as much. So give us a follow on Instagram. Yeah. Maybe it's because we have we appeal to older folks. Maybe they use oh, the Facebook. Man. We need to make a MySpace next. I bet that'll get some people interested. No. Uh, <laughs> um, but please follow us. Know if we need to make a TikTok. That's legit. I just, like, no. I did some research today from uh, with my students, and they said we should. So, okay. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. So false on Instagram. We post stuff on both Facebook and Instagram. Sometimes you might get us up on Instagram. It's not on Facebook. So yes. that gives you another reason to check us on Instagram. Yep. You can also follow us on letterboxd. We have HFMM podcast. You can also follow us individually. And what's yours again there, Dustin? Your uh, letterboxd. My letterboxd is spooky four zero two. And mine is hedge night two, two seven. I keep meaning to change it. Um, but yeah, we love hearing from you guys, so make sure to reach out to us. You can email us directly at hfmmpodcast at gmail.com. So tell us what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show. Think movies we should do in the future, um, something about the episode. You know, we'd love to hear from you. So, yeah. Yeah, we haven't really gotten any emails, so shoot us an email. Just say hi. Yeah, we'll, we'll be like, or like, hey, I really want you to talk about this film, or, ooh, the soundtrack for this film is great, you should listen to it. That'd be wonderful. Or you could be like, hey, Kevin, you're a nerd. Kevin, stop with the Lord of the Rings references. <laughs> That's the second one in this episode. <laughs> Thanks for checking us out. I think our next episode that's probably going to come out after this will be our final part, part mm-hmm. five of yes. 1960. And that is a Peter Cushing double feature with Brides of Dracula and Ooh, Christopher Lee, The Flesh and the Fiends. Love those names. I know. I haven't seen The Flesh and the Fiends. I've seen Brides of Dracula, obviously, but mm-hmm. I am looking forward to that. And yeah. we will check you later. Check you later. <laughs> See you on the flip side.